Welcome to another episode of the Partners in Crime podcast, the podcast to be at all times, every day, on the hour, my name, any hour, my name is Esteban, as with me as always. I am Alex. And uh, I'm feeling pretty good about this episode. Yeah, I think. Big week. Yeah, we had, a, I think we have a lot of... Uh, a, a good variety topics. of news, exactly. Yeah, I think we t- we're touching on a few different things. I like when we touch a lot of things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially in this uh, pandemic era. I love just touching things now. You know, there's yeah. alleviation of mask mandates. You know, I get to lick doorknobs again, all that good stuff. You know what uh, industry I feel like really suffered from the pandemic? Buffets. <laughs> That's true. You know, name a buffet that you see still um, kicking, still really doing it. I used to work at a grocery store that did the hot plate things and they had and they had a specific job for that like it was called the hot food chef. Right. And they had to stop doing that because people were just, you know, mm-hmm. spitting into the food too much. No, but that you know because you you know you had to take tongs and you know everybody right. was so it was just like a uh what's it, a, a liability. Yeah, for risk, sure whatever, cross, but, cross contamination potential there. But a big industry that did get hit was the movie theaters to the oh, point where it yeah. was just like you know nobody was going movie theaters i think the last movie you saw or the first first movie you saw back in theaters was tenant yeah quite quite a <laughs> uh quite a variety like a, a a you know difference the last movie i saw prior to theaters shutting down was harley the um same the emancipation of one harley quinn i forget yeah, the, the whole birds name of prey movie yeah i forget the entire name of that the fantabulous, the fantabulous emancipation, emancipation of one of, Harley yeah. Quinn, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something stupid. Like and that. then yes, the first movie I saw once theaters started to reopen was indeed Tenant. Right. I mean, well, a lot of movies suffered. True. You know, big time. A good movie um, like Suicide Squad didn't have the box office numbers. Or I should say the Suicide Squad. I mean, there was a lot of things going up against Suicide Squad, too. You know, not the greatest critical reception from the first one. Um, rated R probably didn't help. Yeah. Um, again, it was during uh, pandemic COVID era where sure. people were kind of just, you know, maybe we'll go to the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And then the HBO Max thing, I want to say, was a big thing that kind of hit yeah. it. Yeah. But you had movies that would have normally probably done pretty well. Dune, for example. Um, Dune could, could have done better if not yeah. for the HBO Max thing, which right. obviously was fueled by the pandemic. That started becoming more popular the day in releases and stuff, day and day releases. A lot of Pixar movies got moved to Disney Plus, yeah, and they're doing obviously fantastic because they're big Pixar movies. Kids are at home. I mean, not for so Parents much just longer, want to be yeah. quiet. but um, you know, the Disney catalog is not as expansive as Netflix or HBO or anything like that, so them getting those brand new Pixar movies to debut on Disney Plus, like Turning yeah. Reds apparently is breaking viewership records. Um, Encanto was pretty, I, mean, I, I say Encanto, but I, I was going to say it the uh, my way, but I didn't mm-hmm. want to. I, I like Encanto. I don't want to do that. That was a good one. Um, and then like, you know what movie I did really like? It first came out right at the beginning of the um, pandemic era was that um, pick, uh, Onward Mm. With um, yeah, Chris, Chris Pratt and Pratt Tom, and Holland. Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Yeah. It was, it was, I liked it. It was really cool. I didn't watch that. But you know, the problem I had with Disney Plus doing that was it wasn't like HBO Max, right? You want to watch Tenet or whatever. It's on there. It's included. You right. want to watch Mortal Kombat, Snyder Cut. It's a different example, but Suicide Squad, right? It's on there. Disney Plus, you had to pay. Yeah, I an think they got cost. I think they got rid of that after that whole Mulan debacle. 
Oh boy, yeah, Mulan. But I forgot that was I one of the ones that got released. Well, well, that one got really hit hard, and it had a bit of bit of controversy with it alongside too. Right. But I heard it wasn't really even that good at all. I did not watch it. I was a. Uh, I am of the era, the age that watched the animated one when it came out. Liked it a lot, so I really didn't have an interest in seeing the new one. You know, when when you when you like a food and you're in the middle of eating it, why why bring in a whole other you know version of it on the table? I already like this one. Don't need another. You're a horrible first date. Don't take me to see Mulan and we're good. Well, okay. <laughs> well, one movie that didn't suffer from the pandemic era is a little movie that we both happen to be a little fond of. The Batman. Never seen it. Um, oh, wait. I've seen it four times. Wow. That's sick. How many? And you've seen it? Three. Three mm-hmm. times. Yeah, three times. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah, four. When did you see it? Four times. Well, you know, you know what's funny? You and I actually saw it our third and fourth times the same day, just with with other people we weren't we we hadn't been talking about hanging out that day, so neither of us knew what we were doing later in the day. Yeah, Uh, but we saw it together the first and second time. That's true. And I saw it with my brother-in-law the third time. We'll see it again one more time in IMAX. IMAX. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's probably. I mean, we're probably helping out. You know, this I box think, office uh, poll. Yeah, I think of this box office, we're responsible for um, half. Well, this is from Deadline, uh, our first uh, topic of the day. Uh, the Batman swoops in on $600 million worldwide, unflappable, despite tough break in China international box office. Um, $600 million. I mean, it was a, quite of a milestone. I mean, this movie's only been out for three weeks and it's already at $600 million. Mm-hmm. Um where was No Way Home at its third week mark? Oh, I think gee, it was closer I would, I would to the. Need to look it up. I think it was closer to the billion dollar mark by that time. But I mean, this is crossed halfway. But yeah, I mean, I mean, half a billion dollars, you know, for. I mean, it's Batman. It, it, if anything, this proves that Batman is is a profitable. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Spider Man, no matter what. Yeah, Spider Man, Batman. Those are like you can rely on those doing well in the box office, and I know. Like, it's hard to really gauge that now. You know what I mean? Because re- realistically, the box office numbers and, like, how we view them and movies and movie theaters has changed and probably will continue to change just forever. You know what I mean? Like, it changed big time in terms of what equates to success in the in the box office nowadays, you know? Right. Obviously, you want to make your budget back. Usually, you want to make double your budget at the minimum. Um, and I, that's entire budget, you know what I mean? Like if you have a, a shooting budget of a hundred million and then you have a production, you're not right. a production, but like a promotional one of a hundred million, right? You want to make double that 200 right. million, <clears throat> excuse me. So the idea of bringing around streaming too, you know, the idea of what is pop, not popular, but successful really has kind of right. changed, you right. know, but I mean, it's hard to argue 600 million. Well, the article goes on to say um, Gotham's vigilante hero is eyeing an ultimate worldwide total uh, north of $750 million, and that will be without a significant boost from China where the Batman bowed this weekend. The opening there took the number one slot with an estimated RMB, don't know what that means, $76.7 million or $12.1 million, including $2 million from IMAX. This is the best PRC opening for Hollywood in 2022. I do not know what PRC. Sorry, everybody. We don't know these acronyms. I don't. Yeah, I'm sorry. Deadline likes to really throw, throw, the a, yeah, throw a curveball. <laughs> um, but it is the not um, 
but is not a number that incites excitement. However, as we have noted since last Sunday and beyond, Batman and beyond, the launch has expected that wasn't a deadline curveball by the way. That was my that curveball. was all a step. The launch was expected to be um, inauspicious amid a COVID spike that has increasingly hit the market. Approximately forty three percent of cinemas are now temporarily closed, including Shanghai, Shenzhen, among the top areas of foreign imported films. So that makes sense. Usually, yeah. this probably would have been somewhere. You know, closer to seven hundred million if if it was opening in China, maybe. Um, but there has, I mean, with everything that's going on, there has been a significant amount of. I mean, COVID is still very. I mean, like h- here in the states, COVID is on like. It's still significant. It's still we ju- significant. We just pretend but, it's not. But I mean, m- like I was saying earlier, mass mandates are lifting. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't. I think pa- like COVID passports are. No longer required in some states. I think New York got. Yeah, I still appreciate like going to basketball games here, right? Where we live, and they still require proof of vaccination. I, st- I still like that personally, right? Right. Um, but that's just a kind of me. But it's it's. I mean, cases are going down and everything. Well, I mean, there is another variant of the Delta oh, variant. Yeah, there that's will going be on. So for a long time, um, and apparently there's cases spiking in Europe, and usually what happens in Europe happens in the U.S. Not to freak anybody out, but that's pretty much. Not to fear monger here, but but, but China apparently is getting r- hit really hard. I think that the highest like spike since the beginning mm-hmm. of the of the pandemic. So right. that makes sense that they're probably cracking down a lot more. I mean, there's obviously a bigger population in China, so that movie. I think it's the second biggest uh, movie market in the world next to the U.S. So of course, if it's not performing over there, it shouldn't be any. It shouldn't be indicative of anything bad to come of this movie it's not like this movie didn't do well right it's just you know circumstantial yeah so unfortunate timing i mean we saw as we approached mm, the beginning of march and this movie's release date there was already kind of talk of that because there was starting to be some uptick in right right numbers of and certain things in that nature i think even one of the producers of the batman was saying that we're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna stick to that March 4th or March 3rd release date, but mm-hmm. we'll keep an eye on things because there was just a, a spike. And, and the COVID seems to fluctuate every now and again. I didn't want to make this a COVID segment, but, I mean, right. it it brings up in the article. And, it, and mm-hmm. it, I mean, usually it's it's, it is relevant because usually when you do, when a movie does hit um, China markets, I mean, that's where a lot of these, I mean, that's where all these Fast and Furious movies come from. A lot of people <laughs> don't realize. Like, we think yeah, that here in the U.S., there. we're like, oh, yeah, we everybody loves... The Fast and Furious, the majority, if not, not like I say all, but the majority of that that income comes from foreign markets. You know, a big one being right. China. I mean, it got uh, Age of Extinction, the fourth Transformers movie, over a billion dollars. So that should just be an indication of that if you pander to China, you're gonna get you know a, Good a big return. return so, yeah. but um, I mean, still, I still think this gets close to a billion. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say. I would say. I would say. Well, I don't know what other markets likely. it hasn't opened up in. Sure, um, I think it's it's maintained a solid audience through the three weeks or whatever that it's been out. Um, you know, we're getting close to a month. Obviously, we're not at a month, but you know, I know it's not in Russia. Obviously, um, they're not releasing it there among right. many other movies that chose and studios chose to do the same thing. Um, but I still think it's going to get there. Right, right. I, no, I know it's coming to streaming. I know the date it keeps changing because it keeps getting reported. It was 
April 17th and I saw April 19th. Right. I don't know the official date only because I keep seeing both. Well, I think it's a, because it came out on March 4th was the Friday. Was the official day and it came out in th- theaters. Mm-hmm. So technically it has a 45 day theatrical window before it comes out on digital and streaming services. Mm-hmm. Um, so 45 days after that. So it's probably, yeah, 17, 19 sounds about right. I just keep seeing those two dates. Right. Thrown. And they'll out. probably announce it. I'm just waiting for, I'm a big steelbook collection collector, so I'm waiting for that steelbook to drop, and that's gonna probably sell out like hotcakes because I also collect hot toys, and hot cakes, hot cakes, <laughs> hot toys. Um, people are already getting buzzing about the one six figure. Didn't we see the? Was it the Blu-ray or was it the steelbook designs? The steelbook design. They look cool. They do. Yeah, I think I remember them being very like Riddlery. Um, yeah, the Riddler focus and everything. Mm, kind of like the cards. But those are like I missed out on the Dune um, Steelbook. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you'll be able to get your hand on one. Well, I'm just gonna wait for like the dual pack collector's edition or something when it, when the second one comes out, whenever mm-hmm. that does come out. But um, yeah, great news. I mean, hoping for uh, an announcement on any kind of sequel movement. I mean, obviously this these numbers will warrant a sequel. Um, right. A lot of people are buzzing about it. Still kind of relevant on social media. We're seeing a lot of memes mm-hmm. um, about people seeing the Batman. So yeah. You know Good what things. I like about the steel books? Is they can double as weapons because those things are sturdy. <laughs> Actually, no, they're they're really fragile. Yeah, <laughs> I have the Dark Knight Rises steel book. That's I right. Received, you know, it's funny. I received. You, I'm the, willing to pay you top dollar because they have the same never. Order. No, because I remember I didn't get into steel books. Steel books until after you like can have it. 2015, something like that. I'll give it to you. Oh, uh, we I, we when when you and I worked at our first job together, Starbucks. Yeah. Um, we had we used to do Secret Santa around the holidays. Okay, and there was a twenty. It was that's a, right. It was that's a twenty dollar right. limit or whatever, and that's not steelbooks back then. Used to be like twenty, maybe thirty bucks, depending. Listen, all I know is it was above the limit that we all set. Probably like ten dollars up. Yeah, you know, I was, and it was it, it was, was out. It wasn't like it was an old one that it was purchased for me. It was well, yeah, around the time it was still out and new. If you don't get a steelbook. Wise. By at least one to two days after they've been out, you're you're pretty you know, SOL kind of mm-hmm. you know, territory. Yeah. But, um, like I I we were just talking. I had the uh, the Suicide Squad at the 2021, 2022, 2021. Yeah. Let's be specific. It was last year. Too. Last year, yeah. It was 2022. So um, Suicide Squad, and I actually had put a pre-order on that but the card that i used i canceled or i, I deactivated it or whatever so if you don't pick up your if you don't change that or whatever you know the day after it releases mm-hmm. i'll put it back so i missed out on that so i just ordered another one from zavi it's like a uk uh based uh distributor and they had one so i was like okay it was like 50 bucks something like 40 40 or 45 bucks but mm-hmm. still i was like it was like the one that i definitely wanted and then i waited for probably about two or three weeks because that was the estimated shipping time and then three weeks passed by and i was like hey i haven't seen anything what's going on they're like oh okay well uh give it another week and we'll see what happens after that so i waited another week still right. nothing I'm like hey still nothing they're like oh okay do you want us to send you another one or do you want to return your money i was like send send the other one i mean that's <laughs> what i want i mean if, if, if there's more available yeah send the other one they're like Okay, and then another week goes by. I'm like, any movement on that? You know, or it's like, okay, do you want us to send you another one? And I'm like, okay, yes, yes, I want you to. And like, I gave Keep like the coming. yeah, I was like, gave the like exact description of exactly what it is, like you know how it's put on the the 
the page or whatever how it's how it's advertised mm-hmm. and they're like okay shipped didn't give me a tracking number nothing i was just like i i was flying on on just goodwill line. yeah um and so it finally comes like two weeks later it's in the mail I'm like okay cool awesome i package it put it in my collection nice got it and then i go back like a week later to get my mail because i've been waiting for like i forget some other like i think tax information i've been meaning to get out of the mail right and sure enough <laughs> the second one that they said oh the first one was lost in transit i forgot that's a crucial part <laughs> was lost in transit for the he's longest he's not waiting time. for a third as we speak i really hope not but that one came so now i have two of them and that's that's just the way the cookie crumbles you know everyone if this if this gives a lesson to learn be patient i mean when the estimated shipping time is almost a month and mm-hmm. it goes past a month mm-hmm. i can at least inquire well, now you have two. But Savvy did say they're the ones that said it got lost in transit. So I wasn't like the one that's like, I don't care if the other one shows up. Give it to me. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I, I waited. Okay. I was patient. Okay. But you know what? Now you got two. Now I got two. For now. For now. Um, so let's move on to our next topic here. A couple of casting uh, bits of news here. We'll go through them each. Um, this one comes from also Deadline. Um, hey, have you seen Euphoria? No. Okay. But I know you have, and I know... I've seen... Everything I know about it is against my will, yet I know plenty about it. Because it's like a huge, big... Yeah, everyone yeah. talks about it. But one of the big things that people talk about is, you know, all the cast on the show, they're phenomenal actors. Like, they're yeah. they're definitely going to be... Zendaya's in there. Zendaya's in there. And um, she just leads the group, you know, plenty of other real good actresses right, and actors. Right, right, right. Uh, this is one of the um, actresses, uh, Euphoria's uh, Sydney Sweeney. She plays, I forget who, uh, to co-star opposite Dakota Johnson in Sony Marvel's uh, pick, Madam Web. Um, mm-hmm. So this is the new um, Madam Web that was movie that was um, announced, I want to say like a month or two ago, maybe maybe more than that, with Dakota Johnson in the main role of, of Madam Web. And... Yeah, it just says she's been cast. Doesn't say exactly what she's been cast for. Um, let me go ahead and get into the article here. It says after a breakout year that includes starring roles in HBO Max's or excuse me, HBO's The White Lotus and Euphoria, Sydney Sweeney is now ready to jump into Sony's universe of Marvel characters. Sources tell Deadline that she has joined Dakota Johnson in Sony Pictures' Madam Web. S.C. Johnson Clarkson is on board to direct the pick. Just say movie. <laughs> Matt Sin- the uh, moving picture. The Matt Samaza, Sazama. Sorry, Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless. These are some interesting names, man. Penned the screenplay with uh, Karim S- Sang. Okay, that's <laughs> also penning a vi- uh, previous draft in the comics. Man was depicted as an elderly woman with a myth. Do it. My maybe you can Myestina. Myasthenia Gravis, Myasthenia Gravis, and thus was connected to a life support system that looked like a spider web. Due to her age and medical condition, Madam Web never actively fought any villains. For that reason, sources have stressed it is possible to project. Sorry, it is possible the project could turn into something else. Insiders say, due to her psychic, sen- psychic sensory powers, she's essentially Sony's version of Doctor Strange. It is unknown who Sweeney will be playing in the film. So that's uh, Myasthenia. Asthenia is, is already a word that I'm familiar with. I believe the addition of the MY in the beginning would make it hers. Her. <laughs> myasthenia. 
Okay. So. Astenia Gravis. I don't know what that means. I know the word Astenia because it's a Blink-182 <laughs> title of a song. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, with all these Sony pictures, I think I saw something earlier from some, I think I was on Instagram, but someone that's seen like a pre-screening of Morbius. Um, I think one thing that you said was, if you really liked Venom 1 and 2, you're going to like Morbius. You're if right. you didn't like Venom 1 and 2, you're not going to like Morbius. So I know I'm not going to like Morbius. And all I've these movies, yeah, like all these movies like Craven the Hunter, Madam Web, whatever else movie that they, Venom 3, I know I'm not going to like just because the last two solo outings of you know the Sony universe of using utilizing the Spider-Man stuff. Right. I mean, discrediting the the Spider-Man stuff that Marvel helped build. I'm I'm not excited about it. I mean, yeah, great Sydney Sweeney's coming on, but I mean, what else do we have to look forward to? No, true. Um, Especially when it says here that it's such a deviation, mm -hmm. or it could be. There, I mean, there's suspicion, not suspicion, but there is an idea that it will be a deviation from what she normally does. Because Madam Web was always a She's a clairvoyant. Yeah, she's a she, she's just someone that's to assist Spider-Man. Like I remember mm -hmm. seeing her in f first in the Spider-Man animated series, and right. she just she really just sits there and she just kind of she's she tells of premonitions and what's going to happen. But mm -hmm. yeah, um, real quick, just so we can wrap it up on that specific thing, myasthenia gravis is almost kind of the same as when you have a stroke and then you have permanent like um, motor function like sides of your face or body. Okay. Um, it's a weakness and rapid fatigue of muscles under vo under voluntary control. The condition is caused by a breakdown in communication between nerves and muscles. Um, I don't really, you know, you can get like a droopy eyelid in the mouth and stuff. I don't really know if that was ever really present in the animated show. I thought she was just always just. I mean, she just. I always thought that she was very much like, uh, like a Professor X character. Yeah, like half that, half the Three Eyed Raven. From yeah, but the the one from Max uh, Sido, not the one that Bran ultimately becomes. Not the one in the tree. The, the one, not the one. Yeah, the one sitting up in the tree. Right. Max von Sido. Something. Right? That's his name. Yeah. Um, he was that character, you know, before Bran in Game of Thrones. She, because she sits up in that thing, like it's. I'm pretty sure in in the show, she's like in this webbing and stuff. Yeah. So she's I don't a machine know. that looks she, like a web. Yeah, and she's she's relevant in terms of multiverse stuff. There's the episode where he meets all the other Spidermans. Yeah. And or where he starts like she she comes around anytime there's like a like a fun what's going on with Peter? Why does he got four arms? Yeah. Kinda you, you meet all these alternate versions of Spider Man that exist in comics that they started bringing into the show. Why not Spider Woman? Why not Spider Gwen? Well, you know what? We don't know who Sydney Sweeney's gonna be. A lot of people are saying, Hey, Spider Gwen. Yeah, I can see that. I feel like a Black lot Cat. of this well, a lot of the stuff that they're going to be doing with like Spider Gwen and all that stuff um, was heavily featured in the Cross Spider Verse or Into the Spider Verse. That character is really popular in that one, and I think it's easier to do with animation because you can get away with more with animation. Right. Um, I feel like live action, you just have a lot to live up to. But I, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly feel like maybe Sony should, you know, maybe focus more on the animation side because if one thing's working. And I guess, you know, Venom did make like $800 million, the first one, at the box office. Okay, good for that. But they're <laughs> not great movies. I mean, they're, I, I really did not enjoy those movies. I'm they were a chore to get them. through those. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, there are some parts of the movie that are 
okay. They're tolerable, but I mean, the reason why I bring up Venom and because they're all part of the same universe, right? And they're all being. I feel like these are like mandated movies. Like Sony's just really someone's like, got a gun to their head. Uh, yeah, you're make, gonna make this movie, make Madam Web <laughs> next, and it's just so like why out of and all, when you're done, Aunt May. I mean, I mean, you know what? There was back in 2014 when they had all those Sony leaks. There was a script that was being like tossed around, around at Sony, yeah, um, of an Aunt May uh, movie with the last Aunt May. We, uh, I don't think Sally Field was going to be the one. Thank you. I kicking and screaming. Yeah, well, but I don't know what the uh, what it was even. I, don't I think, think it was I supposed to be like a prequel where Aunt May was like a secret agent or something. Sounds stupid. Yeah. Well, because they kind of leaned heavily into that into the Amazing Spider-Man, where his parents were part of like the secret organization, and Aunt May was part of that. Whatever. Does it doesn't sound appealing at all? I think there was a like offshoot comic that did have that. You know, being done with anime. She but was named was... Agent May. <laughs> they already have an day. Agent May in uh, Agents of Shield. Do they? I think so. Well, don't make that movie, please, Sony. Right, and I'm really hit or miss about this movie, but we'll see. Yeah, you know, same. I'm I'm willing to give things better for the doubt. Like I said, we will be seeing. I will be seeing Morbius. So yeah, you're gonna be um, alone on that. I know you're gonna be the. Uh, Partners in Crime correspondent for the film. You're going to bring back what you thought about it. We wow. s- we fly our folks out. Top class. You're going to see it at a matinee about 1 p.m. on a Sunday. I'm so glad that I have a co-host with this show. Popcorn and drinks not included. Oh, okay. Well, let's move on to more casting news. Um, this comes from Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Star Wars news, that is. Uh, Christopher Lloyd. Joins the Mandalorian season three. Um, I love Christopher Lloyd, so anything that guy's in is just gonna be great. Mm-hmm. Um, it says here, um, he's adding another iconic sci-fi franchise to his storied career. The Back to the Future actor is on the call sheet for the Mandalorian, the Disney Plus Star Wars show that is currently filming its third season in Southern California. Character details for his role are being kept locked in the trunk of a DeLorean. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Thanks, Hollywood, Hollywood Reporter. Reporter. <laughs> um, I didn't know where he was from, um, <laughs> but it has been described as a guest starring in nature. Lucasfilm could not be reached for a comment. Um, My favorite uh, idea was that he's the voice of Grogu. <laughs> I've seen that, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know if you noticed when you were reading, you looked at me and I was like holding back a laugh. It's because I was seconds away from doing my best Doc Brown impression. I, you know what? I was thinking about it. I was contemplating right now. I was like, you know what? I don't think I want to go down that road. Not you didn't want to try it? Didn't want to try it. Well, you know what? My, my fa- first go around ever on, on, on our podcast. My favorite Doc Brown quote, often when I do it, people are like, what is that? And I'm like, what do you mean? You don't know that line? And they're like, No. Which and one? I didn't have to show him. It's when he's like, okay, future boy. Well, this isn't the, the impression, by the way. <laughs> he's, he's like, okay, future boy. Well, if you really are from the future, who's the president? And he's like, Ronald Reagan. And he goes crazy. He's like, Ronald Reagan, the actor? And oh, he's, yeah. But he, I, I, I get a lot more energy than that. Right, but, right. Because right. uh, somebody, oh, you know what? They did it. They made that joke in Ted Lasso. And, and he, and he did it. Guy. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And he did it. The guy that does it, Coach Beard and Ted Lasso did it so well. Yeah. And it just absolutely killed me. And um, like I showed our friend Jamie and he's like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and I was like, you what? Wait, what? You don't know what Back to the Future. I mean, to be fair that to quote, Jamie, I, I don't. I have not seen Back to the Future completely in oh. a quite a long time. Oh, I uh, I love those movies. Yeah. 
Even the third one. I think. Well, I, yeah, I feel even like even the, the old West. Yeah. Um, but this is this is great. I love Christopher Lloyd still. I mean, when I first saw like big news about Christopher Lloyd, I'm like, please God, don't tell me he's dead because we've had a no- a lot of you know. Yeah. We've had some deaths. Passings of, of iconic of uh, iconic characters, but yeah, him in this in this show again. Don't know exactly what he's gonna be, but I feel like he's gonna be along the lines of Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, I bet it's not gonna be like a significant known character. Yeah, I bet it's just gonna be exactly the same way that Timothy Oliphant showed up. Do you want a familiar character or a character that's been used before, or a new character? I want a new character. Yeah, because I like um, that's that's something I really appreciate at least about season one of The Mandalorian, is they didn't rely on introducing characters we know. Yeah. That being said, I do like the Luke stuff and the Ahsoka stuff. And yeah. I, you know, and we saw Boba Fett. Like, I don't to mind that. Yeah. I don't mind that. Yeah. What, what I mean is, like, I understand that that show did, especially in season two, not rely, but introduce a lot of nostalgia. Right. Right. Um, even when, you know, he keeps going back to Tatooine. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so for, for me... Hopefully Mando... The Mandalorian stuff mm-hmm. can veer away from exactly, that. yeah. And like, I'm a fan, for example, even though the character's kind of dumb, of the lady whose name I can't remember who keeps helping him with his ship. I don't, um, I don't I, remember. I, we, yeah. we, we, I, I figured it out one of our episodes, I think, when we were reviewing Book, Book of Boba Fett. And I, it's not the frizzy haired lady that frizzy haired lady that, that dates the uh, the Jawas. The, the, I did not realize this. She is. The um the receptionist, the from, receptionist from Elf from Elf yeah uh, I I know dang it I just had her name the real woman's name her real name flash thank you Deborah thank you Deborah <laughs> yeah but that's such a pretty name it's such a pretty face she should be on Christmas cards God that movie's a yeah, wonderful I did not movie. realize that was her but then I realized that movie came out almost twenty years ago so oh my God don't do this to me yeah anyways not to fear off too much but yeah I hope it's a character that's not really. You know, I, I hope it's not someone that we know. Do you want it to be like him being Doc Brown, or do you want it to be like what if you know he's like a mob boss or? Like a <laughs> do you mean like do I want him to be like a friendly guy or like a brute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking in my brain. You ever realize that sometimes not your you stomach? Can, no, not okay. my feet either. No, I was thinking while speaking. Like you ever realize like you can be talking about something and thinking about something completely different? Mm-hmm. Do it too long. It's called eventually. Being human. Eventually, no. Like I was saying, whatever I was saying to you a second ago, and thinking in my brain, wouldn't it be crazy if he was a villain? Right. As I was saying something completely opposite of that. Right. But right, right. That being said, I, I mean, he was a villain in Roger Rabbit. You know, he was. It's not he like was, I haven't seen him. Wasn't he Doc something in that too? I don't know, but he ended up being a tune also. Yeah. Spoilers for the nineteen early nineteen nineties like, movie. Like Dune, Frank like, Roger Rabbit, like. Judge Dune or something. Judge Doom or something like that. I don't Judge Dread. Something like that. Imagine Judge Dread was Stallone, but it was played by him instead. That would. Be I'm something. still waiting for a Dread with Carl Urban. A, a second one. Yeah. Yeah, that movie was cool. Yeah, I'm he, surprised. Perfect actor to play that role. You know, I honestly think that it probably, it probably would have done well if it was like a like now that it's on streaming. Right. You're not wrong. Also, I do need to say one thing because the trailer for season three of The Boys came out. Oh, yeah. I know that you have not watched a second of that show. So anybody out there that listens to our show that does indeed watch The Boys, I apologize. I did see this, the trailer for season three. It looks really great. I'm really excited to see what happens in the season. I know they have season. powers now. I've seen like that. The whole There's 
soups everywhere in that. No, the, the 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 boy. Do you mean Carl Urban? I mean, Carl character. Urban has powers. Yeah. Yes, and there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. Um, that being said, I will watch it. Yeah, he'll get around to it. But for those that were expecting us to talk about it, this is why we have yet to. If you want to talk about it, please. The boys is a show, and uh, on Amazon Prime. Amazon it's, Prime. It's and a trailer good. came out. You're okay, gonna, moving you're gonna on. Love it. But anyways, <laughs> I wanted to. I've been meaning to say that for like the last two episodes. So gotcha. We have said it. Please, on to the next bit of news. Well, we have more casting news. Uh, you don't say. Coming from the world of DC, this is coming from the rap. Uh, Blue Beetle cast adds George Lopez, Adriana Bar- uh, Barraza. Alpita Carillo and Damian Alcazar. I, I I was like I can try to say those the white name white way, but I I, I had appreciate to, yeah you I, I, at least it. the last one I was like I can't do it yeah I appreciate you but um okay George so Lopez. actor comedian uh George Lopez Academy Award nominee Adriana Barraza um Elpidia Carillo and uh well, Damian Alcazar have joined the cast of Blue Beetle, DC Films and Warner Brothers. First superhero movie starring a Latino character. The rap has exclusively learned. Uh, Cobra, Cri- Cobra Kai breakout Zolo. Um, I don't even actually know how to say that. Mariduena? Mari Mariduena is set to star in the lead role of Jaime Reyes. Hmm. Lopez is also starring in the role of Uncle Rudy. So not his dad like Dang he it. thought it was going to so be. You know what's funny? Looking at that picture of the four of them, I had said before we started the show, oh, I bet he's going to be Jaime's dad. Right. And now that I see the group of those four of them, I, I thought to myself, literally either man and either one of those women could be the father and mother characters. Wow. Just wow. No, because that I'm, I'm like looking at them. I'm like, OK, well, I didn't know they added two men and two women. Yeah. That, you know, if they added George Lopez, I was thinking to myself, oh, it's probably his dad. Yeah. That being said, a fun uncle. Yeah, that fits. That fits George Lopez. That fits big time. Right. Uh, Barasa's playing Nana, which is probably someone who's also a paternal figure. Carillo is playing Rocio, and Casar is playing Alberto. The four round out the rest of the Reyes family, which includes Belisa Escovido, and uh, who plays Miralgo. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, I'm assuming <laughs> that that's mom and dad, and George Lopez is the uncle, and then his wife. Milagro. Milagro. Okay. So I'm assuming that mom and dad and aunt and uncle. Right. Um, so yeah, it's cool. I mean, I really loved George Lopez's earlier stuff when he was in a comedian. Um, yeah. I don't know what he does anymore. I mean, he has like he's yeah, had like various shows ever since the George Lopez show. I used to watch George Lopez a lot. Have a beautiful time. That's how I always know I'm watching. That's the next episode. It's the very, very, very last. So that's American Dad. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. What? I thought they did that for. Also, George Lopez. <laughs> no. You know, I would wake up real late at night, and George Lopez would still be on my TV just playing. I loved that show. I loved the intro. Oh, yeah. The I always forget the name of that song. Do you know the name of that it's song? War. It's War. Low Rider, I think. Huh? My low. Yeah, Low Rider. Duh. Is that War? I think it's War. It's a good song, man. You, you know what? It is War, because I went over to our friend's house the other day, Marcos, and he had uh, that. He, just, he had lost. His cable box was, like, resetting, uh-huh. and so... <laughs> that song comes on. Well, so he only had the channel that was just music videos. Oh, okay. and it was playing that music video, and gotcha. I was like, "Oh, what a classic song!" Yeah, yeah. And I just love the jumping on the trampoline and all that. In fact, I was actually watching an episode of that show the other day, and it was when there was an earthquake. And, oh yeah, and, and he's George scared to go like, outside. Yeah, he's like trying to act like you know I'm dad, like it's not a big deal, and like his mom's freaking out, but he's like, 
He's, no, like, his, he's like, no, no, you go back in the house. Because, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's such a funny trope to want your mother dead, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a... It's a fun show, though, man. It is a fun show. Like, I really the, appreciate that show. Just like every other, like, sitcom, like, the later seasons kind of, like, eh, not the best, but, like, the first... I think that went on for, like, seven seasons, too. That was a long show, but... Yeah, and they ended up playing it on Nick at Night, so you never quite knew when the new episodes were done yeah. airing. I don't know the two actresses where they're from. Um, they're probably from something significant. Don't know. Mm-hmm. I do know that Damian Alcazar is from um, Narcos, Mexico. Or no, no, no. He's from Mar- Narcos season two and three. He's one of the. Um, oh God, he's he's part of one of the cartels. He's like one sure, of the big. Sure. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Sure. Okay. What? I bet he is, man. He couldn't just be like a regular guy. No, he is actually one of the bigger. I still haven't watched Narcos. Narcos is great. I've the heard first good two about seasons it. are great. The third season is kind of like a continuation of the third season, but I feel like the first two seasons with Pablo Escobar are probably like the shine. Like, they, like don't get me wrong. The other season, like season three of Narcos, and then they got away from Narcos because, like, right. in the Colombia side, and they moved to Mexico. That's the one I've been told to watch. By Mexico's my other really good friend Ricardo. Yeah, Mexico's good. I think. The only reason is because we can relate more to that because there's a lot of sure. like stuff like I mean there's a lot of stuff that we recognize in Mexico rather than in Colombia. Yeah. Um, like Sinaloa cartel and all that stuff. Like you know I've, stuff I've, you're I've, more more aware of. Even, right. Even, right. S- even if it's lightly. He is part of I forget what cartel he's part of. He's part of something. I think it's like. Um, I, I, I honestly forget, and you know what's gonna suck? It's gonna come to me later today. But you know, for the yeah, sake but he's of the show, but he's okay. one of the he's like one of the there's two brothers, and he's one of the the brothers that is part of this huge um, cocaine cartel, right? Thing. Yeah, but he's he's good in that, you know. So well, yeah, he's got I'm, a million I'm, dollar smile in that picture. So yeah, tell you what, um, yeah, I'm this, this looks cool. I mean, I, as far as Blue Beater, Blue Beater, Blue Beetle comes in, um. I mean, he he's is a fun character. He's a fun character to play with on Injustice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's funny. I never really had the only, you know, real looks that I had at Blue Beetle was from the Injustice game because we you could play at him in the, in the second one. And then in Young Justice, he was yeah. featured a lot. So I say Young Justice. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's a fun character. He's yeah. relatable. Um, he has the scarab attached himself well, that's to l- himself. That's what I liked a lot about it was like the scarab was the one that was kind of influencing him. And he he doesn't like Symbiote to use a scarab. Like. Yeah. He, he doesn't like to use a scarab as much. So he's always like really mm. timid and, and like apprehensive to go into like to battle, I guess. Right. It's very it's very similar in a way to. Um, I don't mean to compare two Latin characters, but Miles Morales, for example, who gets powers, mm-hmm. doesn't really know what to do with them, and he's timid about it. Right. You know, he's he's trying to, like, figure out what to do and, and the best thing and the best way to do it. And Jaime, in the same way, you know, he has this thing on him he doesn't understand that doesn't really want to work with him kind of in a cyborg way from the Snyder Cut where, you know, they're like, how do we yeah. know you're the one in control? And, you know, he's still figuring out how to control right. it. Um, that happens with Jaime a lot. Yeah. Um, early on especially. And um, he's, you know, it's it's a fight between him, him and himself, him and the scarab, really on like, you know, we need to figure out the best way to do this together. And it, it's it's a really fun story. Um, who when is you get to the root of it all? Who was the original Boo Beetle? Something cord, like um, um, Steven? No, no, no. So, oh, oh, I just had it, and I lost it. Do some talking. I'll look it up. Okay. Um, 
but yeah, I I think that um, Blue Beetle Project I think is I think it got moved from HBO Max, kind of like I don't know if Batgirl's gonna be moved to, but it might be a matter of time. But um, Blue Beetle was originally supposed to come out only on HBO Max as an exclusive, and then they got transitioned over into theaters. So that's cool. Lot lot of good representation. Um, you know, characters, culture. I mean, I I, I mean, it's like the first Latino. I don't know if Zolo. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> Maria Duena. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know where he's from exactly, but it's always it's always weird. Like especially in 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 my family, because I just I got back from a wedding over the weekend, and we were like going over like our expansive family tree of like how many uncles and aunts and cousins and other cousins that we have that were all related. Like someone came up to me. It was like, hi, nice to meet you. And I'm like, nice to meet you. And they're like, what's your name? And I was like, my name's this. And she's like, my name's that. <laughs> and she was like, how do you know? And I was like, how do you know the bride and groom? She's like, oh, they're my cousins. And I was like, oh, they're my cousins. They're like, what from? What like, side? Oh, from, from, it was my dad's, obviously my dad's side because everything's on my dad's You mean side. one of them is their cousin, correct? What do you mean? You said they are my cousins. The bride and groom are my cousins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so one it was weird them. because it's... They the the one that got married is actually a twin and their name. I don't want to say their names, but that's fine. Yeah. But their their names are very or you are a twin, but they're um, I'm not I'll say their full names, but they're is it like a Taylor Tyler kind of thing? Lily, Illy and Dilly. That's, yeah, that can't be real though. You're just making a those are those are those are the nicknames that, that we used to but they're they're nicknames. Why is there three? So two of them are twins, obviously, and then one is older. But she looks—it's kind of like the um, the Olsen twins and then Elizabeth oh, sure. Olsen. So they look very similar, or but just a little siblings. different. Yeah, but they're—I mean—they're all pretty much could be identical. Type, yeah. Type okay. Um, but yeah, she was like, "I'm part of that family, so I'm part of like his brother's wife." Sure. And I was like, "Okay, sure, sounds cool." But um, th- and then we got into like all regional stuff, like oh, where's your grand, where are your parents from, where that. So I don't know if it's like a culture thing that we all just want to know where we're from. It's like you don't come here. I'm like, well, I'm originally from Milwaukee. Right. It's like oh, the majority of my my family heritage is all based in M- Milwaukee. We're the mm-hmm. Milwaukeeans. Milwaukee. Yeah, and <laughs> that's it. There's a scene in Wayne's World where Alice Cooper is talking oh. about how he loves coming to Milwaukee and he goes, you know, and like you think, you know, you're meeting these rock stars and they're super like well-spoken and polite and they're like, originally the whatever tribe they were referring to is yeah. pronounced Milwaukee. And then, and then you know, Garth and, and Wayne are both like, right on. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to be rude. What did that have to do? I want you to make sure you touch on your point. No, because like, I mean that was like a big thing because you always want to know because right. it says Latin characters, oh, but yeah. never like specific to just Mexico or right. like South South America mm-hmm. or anything like that. But I'm saying like in my in like because I'm I'm all Mexican, right? And all the time, all the time, one hundred percent full throttle. Um, <laughs> but like a lot, of, the majority of like conversations that I have with like people in my family or you know other, you know. Uh, because I think Mexico is so close to where there's so many like different types of cultures, you know, but it's also like it's a different country. It's a different, you know, race altogether. So it's like we all are fascinated with like, oh, my grandfather's from here, there. And then my mm-hmm. my aunt is from there, there, there. And, and it's just funny how we kind of all like got to the same place in America kind of deal. So it's always yeah. kind of interesting. Look at us. Well, life's crazy. Look at us. To answer your question, there's actually three Blue Beetles originally started with Dan Garrett who lasted through the Silver Age of comics until the 60s. 
in which Ted Cord Ted Cord was gotcha. introduced, and he last lasted uh, around the you know about the same amount of length of time until Jaime Reyes showed right, up. Right. So, so it's cool. Yeah, definitely uh, a good. Um, I think Ted Cord is like an Egyptologist or something like that. I think he's our. He's oh. a genius. No, sorry. So Ted Cord is a former student of Dan. Garrett, he's a genius lover, level inventor, genius lover. He's a genius level inventor and gifted athlete. Uh, And he and Garrett were investigating Cord's uncle when they learned that he was working to create an army of androids to take over the earth. Garrett changed it to the Blue Beetle, but he was killed in action. That is when the Scarab attached to Ted. Anyways, I don't want to get into all of that. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, hopefully it's a good movie. That's all I can say. I'm a, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it quite a bit. So hopefully mm-hmm. we will get more information as we move on. Well, now transitioning from um, this universe to another universe or galaxy, if you will, far, far away. I see what you did there. Avatar. Right? See what you did? You thought I was going to talk about Star Wars, but no, I talked about Avatar. Boo. Um, this is from Screen Rant. Avatar 2 trailer reportedly attached to Doctor Strange. Two, uh, the long-awaited trailer for James Cameron and Avatar Two have reportedly dropped in front of the release of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, the long-awaited trailer for James Cameron and Avatar. Okay, blah blah blah. Just read <laughs> that. Uh, released in December of 2009. Jeez, uh, Cameron's original Avatar film was considered revolutionary and groundbreaking for the filmmaking world. Since then, moviegoers have been waiting on the edges of their seats for any news regarding its four highly anticipated sequels. Not much is known about the plot of Avatar Two. What has been confirmed is that the main characters, Jake Jigsully, played by Sam Worthington, and uh, Natiri, played by Zoe Saldana, will now have their own family and will be closer than ever. Well, I really hope so. <laughs> yeah, Can you thing. imagine if he's just like a deadbeat dad? Like, I don't even want to be around you people. They're anymore. worse than ever. <laughs> and they're still seven, eight, seven to 12 feet tall. You're like, all these blue children were saved this marriage. Yeah, how do you even know they're mine? <laughs> they all, everyone looks the they same. They all have your hair braid. Um... It says, it is believed that human beings will return to the world of Pandora to finish what they started in the first movie, forcing Jake and Tiri's family to leave their home and seek out a new one. Also established is the fact that these sequels will be exploring different, never-before-seen locations on Pandora, along with new cultures and creatures. Um, were you? Did you like Avatar? No. Okay. I was not a fan. I know, you know what? I, I remember it just being this built-up, insane thing. Yeah. And I watched it, and I kind of just thought to myself, okay. Yeah. Didn't, re- I mean, I remember visually, s- sure, impressive, especially yeah. at the time it came out. That's all I have to say about it. I'm definitely excited just to see with, like, I mean, even CGI has come a long way from 2009. So I'm interested to see. I, I remember seeing a, uh, like, a production uh, photo of um, Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, and I think somebody else that is part of the cast. They were in this pool and they had like these sensor balls in the pool Mm -hmm. because apparently like a lot of Avatar 2 is reportedly going to take place in the water or something like that. Or there's going to be a big sequence. Aquaman. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I I was like in the same boat. I remember, I I think I saw Avatar in theaters twice and one was regular and one was 3D and it started Mm -hmm. that whole 3D craze. I think, is 3D even a thing anymore? Do people still, is there still 3D availability? I see. I, don't, I can't remember the last movie. Much. Yeah. I think the last movie I saw in 3D was Force Awakens. 3D's a, a fun, a fine 
fun if it's and built fine for it. uh, option for some things, but like I don't really care about it. Well, like if it's meant for that, because there's you know like when you would go to like Disneyland or wherever, and they would show the 3D specific like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or Oops, I Shrunk the Audience or whatever the hell it was called. And they were sh- Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, yeah. you behemoth. Sorry, my he- uh, heathen, heathen that I am. Um, but they would shoot scenes specifically. They're like, oh no, the snake is coming at you, and the snake would, just... and you would get the. Uh, they would. It was actually four D or whatever, because they would include like. Oh yeah. Remember the the snakes would be. Oh, they're going down the aisle, and they would yeah, shoot yeah, the yeah. air jets under your seat and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, like oh my god. <laughs> I hated it. I hate snakes. No, I hated. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. It's that's a now a Michael Jackson concert. It's no longer oh, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Yeah. Is it, it no? It's it's um, it changed again. So every, I think it tra- changed because the last time I went was um, it was Path of the Jedi, which was basically one long trailer up until Rise of Skywalker came out, and Rise of Whoa. Skywalker had already had already came out. And you're like, wow, I know this stuff. Yeah, seriously. Just watching the trailer. For I that. thought it was gonna be like some other like material that was shot. And that was like incorporated for Disneyland specifically, but it's literally Kinda just like Star Tours. Yeah, it's literally just no Star Tours. Like there's scenes shot, and they're you know there's full CGI scenes. I know. Everything. I I just meant like how remember it used to be where like that only was at Star Wars. Right. Sorry, o- sorry only at Disneyland. Right. And then like, but Path of the Jedi was just a, a bunch of scenes cobbled together from the previous movies and they're like and coming this summer i was like it's fall of 2020 <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm the only one in this uh, i literally w- it was like me and like three other people i think and i was just whatever but um i and then they changed it out to like pixar shorts every now and again so i think they change it with like you know whatever is like relevant of the thing anyway yeah um yeah avatar 2 for me wasn't the best i mean you mean avatar 1 avatar yeah sorry avatar 1 um yeah, I wasn't. I, I wasn't so like. Oh my! I remember my friends were all about it. They're like, my ava- like my God, Avatar is like the best yeah. thing. And I'm like, I mean, it was is fun. It, it was. It, it's Pocahontas in space. It's hundred percent da- dances with wolves in space. Hundred percent. It's, it's it's all of like the traditional like. Keep saying them. White savior in space, pretty much. And blue. And blue, blue savior, and really tall. Um, I did like. I mean, it's it, it's a James Cameron film, so it's definitely entertaining. Um. And yeah, I mean, when I thought, you know, this movie has made, I think this is the highest grossing movie of all time, mainly because they keep releasing it. They, they keep putting yeah, it back in theaters. It's not fair. So yeah, they're like saying like, oh, No Way Home is, you know, going to catch, uh, or, or yeah, No Way Home became the highest grossing domestic box office. And like over Avatar. And I was like, yeah, that's domestically. Okay. And Avatar has another billion dollars that's in its... And they're going to release it again. I I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Like, for like a, like a month in advance, I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to release Avatar 1. But, yeah, I wasn't... I mean, it was cool. Like, the action was decent, but I just wasn't the hugest fan of it. I bet they'll release it in, like, a viewing package for the when the second yeah. one comes out. Well, remember when um, Force Awakens came out? They had that option to watch all six or beforehand. Harry Potter. Oh yeah. Marvel movies have done it. Have they? Oh wow. Not like all of them, but like a chunk. Mm. I think they did it for the End Game. I think they did it for End Game. They you could watch the other Avengers movies. Yeah. The other three Avengers movies. But four. There's gonna be five Avatar movies. Yeah, and, and that's, that's what I. That's why I like. I care so little already. Is like, 
It's been a long time since the first one came out. Is it weird that you that I want this one to fail? I mean, maybe for some of the families involved, it's a little weird. But <laughs> well, like, you know. no, I get what you mean. Like, I hope it's just not even great because it's like, who cares? For personally, for me, like, I don't care. Yeah. It has been a decade. Yeah, more since more twelve years. Yeah, since the first one. Like, you you let the hype die down, James. Yeah. Well, I was you I let was, it die, JC. Right, JC, <laughs> my man. <laughs> <like> um. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, there are still a lot of people. I mean, there were people that were getting depressed. Remember those news reports saying that they couldn't go to the world of Pandora and led to like a depression or whatever. Yeah, some weird stuff. Yeah, there was people that were like just same people all... said the same thing about the Titanic. They couldn't be sunk on there. Yeah, getting real sad. <laughs> James Cameron just keeps doing it to him. Yeah, and I, you know. It, it was kind of like okay, I watched Avatar. I don't need to watch that again. It's a long movie. It's I've seen like it all, once. Yeah, I've seen it and once. And that's it. Um, but I mean, w- I'll I'll definitely go out of curiosity. I'll go watch this movie. I just want to see like if it's really like if the hype is still there for because again, I like the hype missed me on Avatar. Same. And I think two thousand nine. What came out two thousand nine that I was really hyped about. I forget what what other movies came out in 2009. Terminator Salvation came out in 2009. 2009 also was Rise of the Fallen. Revenge. It was Revenge. Or, sorry, of the Revenge Fallen. of the yeah. Fallen. Revenge of the Rise Fallen. Of them. Yeah. So following probably... up to the original Transformers, like that movie wasn't great. The second Revenge of the Fallen for for plenty of reasons. Yeah. Rider Strike. Not you know among many of reasons. I love, but following I, yeah. up the first one, the first one was great. You know, first so one was you'd, fantastic. You'd think, oh man, in for another really good one. Well, I love the Transformers movies. I mean, like, as I said yes, on the podcast before, but one of the main reasons why I think I I like them so much is because even James or James Cameron, um, Michael Bay was like, I'm making this literally for 13 year old boys. Like, I want 13 year old boys to watch this movie. That's not like the exact quote, but that's pretty much he said. I'm glad. I'm, but I'm making this for like Man, the teenage demographic, no, for the teenage boy demographic. So that's why there's all this gratuitous, like, oh like, yeah, the making fun shots, stuff yeah, of like you know, chicks dancing and hot chicks and all that, and like fast cars and like for and total big bros, freaking robots, and big explosions. Yeah, it was just totally a teenage boy in the mid 2000s movie. <laughs> um, so my kind of movie. No, I'm just kidding. Goo Goo Dolls. Was Goo Goo Dolls on the, the first track? one? Oh, yeah. really? Hmm. A couple songs. Well, Linkin Park, I mean. Disturbed. Yeah, that's true. They had a, quite the soundtrack on that first one. But yeah, you're right. Linkin Park for those first three. I remember my sister showed me the newest. Um, it was New Divide for that. And they made it specifically for the movie. Well, yeah. I mean, they had. I mean, it came out with But the other two were albums. on albums. Yeah. That was only a single. Yeah. Uh, I think New Divide was included in A Thousand Sons after a while. Like it was included it? on the record. Because every time I go look for it, it's included on hmm. A Thousand Sons. Something like that. But I remember my sister showed this to me. She's like, this is going to be the new Transformers song. And I've only known, you know, that's when I got into Linkin Park was like oh. my, was my um, uh, middle school years. So 2007, 2008. So when I first heard, like, I knew of Linkin Park, but not as much. I wasn't so hyped. And then I heard it in Transformers. I was like, Linkin Park's the best. I've been lucky to be a fan of Lincoln Park since elementary school. Nice. When when Hybrid Theory was out. Yeah. I See, I I knew of Lincoln Park. I just didn't oh, listen to it as much. Actually, Meteor was out. Yeah. And then uh, they, big radio play. Yeah. And then Hybrid Theory came out. I went, oh my god. Well, mom, my sister get me that album. Yeah, my sister had all of it on. That's why I got into it so much because she had it all on her. What, what was it? Walkman. Uh, LimeWire and all that stuff. LiveWire. Yeah, LiveWire. Yeah. 
was LimeWire. LimeWire is the one. I think both, actually. Oh, li- oh, okay. I think there was one of each. Nice. And they both gave you viruses. Yes. Piracy, piracy. We, we steal condone. music out um, here. But yeah, it makes sense that it's going to come out in, a, in front of Doctor Strange 2 because, I mean, technically they're both Disney now. So Rel- And relatively similar, like, uh, target audience, I would yeah. say. I'm just surprised that there's been no information on this. Like, this, like, James Cameron is obviously the person that can do no wrong because he's had two movies now, three, I mean, two movies that have, you know, just have dominated the box office in Titanic and Avatar. But he's also responsible for Aliens and Terminator 2, the original Terminator. And, you know, he's made some other, I mean, wasn't um, True Lies or whatever? Didn't he make that movie? With Schwarzenegger and and, and Jamie Lee um, Curtis? Yeah. Um, I'm not positive. I haven't seen the movie in forever, but I think he made that one too. Or he was a producer, or I think he directed it. But, I mean, he's only, and that was a really... So you went through every job. You're like, I think he made that one, or he was a producer on that one, or he directed that one. He probably wrote it. Or he he starred in it, or he footed the bill, or maybe he, I don't know. He was No, he was just the audience member. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, like he's made a lot of box office draws, so, of course. and, And, you know, 20th Century Fox, I mean, he was developing this movie when it was still at fox for the longest time and i i don't know i i could be wrong did did it say or is the reports that he's filmed all of them and they're they're just gonna start releasing them by year now because it was supposed to come out last year and then got moved back and then now it's gonna come out 2002 or 2022 2023 2024 it's supposed to coming out it's been it's sorry i phrased that poorly it's supposed to have been coming out for a while now. Yeah. So. Obviously, it's been 12 years. Yeah. So, but, whatever, um, personally. I just, I assume well, it was, there was never going to happen. Well, there was a big gap between Terminator and Terminator 2. I think it was like a 15-year gap between the two movies. Because Terminator 2 came out in 92. Yeah. And then the original Terminator came out in 80, like, Something like that. I think like 80 or 81 or something. 84. 84. So, so that's it like was an eight-year gap. Eight-year gap. Sorry. I don't, know why I, think, I don't know why I thought 15. I don't like gap. think hard. Yeah. I don't think good. I mean, um, st- I mean eight years is eight still. Eight years is a long time. Yeah. Pretty hefty. Yeah. Especially for a sequel. You know? Mm. I mean, it, it'd be different if it was just like a, if you had a trilogy of movies and then you decided to pick it up again. But eight, eight years. I mean, I don't know what he made in between those years. Well, and then between two and three was another 12 years. And it was 91, actually. Well, so I'm two sorry. And three, he didn't direct. Three, yeah, I'm just yeah, saying. But yeah. it was actually 91 that it came out. So seven oh, okay. years. But okay. still. 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 Really Semantics. For very long. But same thing for, I mean, now it's almost double that. So. Yeah, then six years between that and Salvation. He didn't direct that. And then six years between that and Genesis. Didn't direct that either. And then four years between that and Dark Fate. Yeah, I don't think he... He endorsed that once. He got paid good money. But yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see what it is. Um, And we'll be seeing it when we go see... Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I wonder when tickets are going to go on sale because it should be pretty soon. Yeah, I imagine so. It's a July movie, right? Oh, no, wait. That's that's, uh, Thor. May? I want to say May. Yeah, May. Speaking of sequels. Speaking. And big monsters. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong sequel to film in Australia. This is coming from Variety. Legendary entertainment sequel to Godzilla versus Kong re- will return to film in Australia later this year. It is expected to film at Gold Coast and other locations in southeast Queensland. State marketing the third time that a MonsterVerse title has lensed its 
lensed in the region. No, shot in the region. Just to say they filmed in this region. Why are they going to say lensed? All They're using w- pick. They're all using... All of these sites are using weird... All of those undergrad, you know, today. writing degrees are coming in right now. <laughs> um, Godzilla vs. Kong films on the Gold Coast in 2019, while Kong Skull Island filmed in the state in 2016. Uh, it says uh, the currently unentitled, uh, untitled sequel receives a $16 million or $11.8 million via the Australian federal government's A $550 million Okay, so it's a in- location incentive program. Basically, if you film here, we'll give you money, pretty much. Yeah, so pretty much. That's why Hawaii, all the Jurassic Park movies are shot in Hawaii. That's yeah. why a lot of the, it's like an incentive program, but it's also, I think it's like a tax thing as well. Yeah. I think the taxes are lower in Georgia. That's why the majority of the Marvel movies are so- shot in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, so, uh, yeah. I mean, I know you like these movies a lot. I don't personally love big monster fighting movies. Yeah. I did like the Peter Jackson Kong in 2003. Yeah. I did like the most recent Kong that they did when it was just, you know, Skull Island. It was fine. I did like the Godzilla Brian Cranston, albeit he was on screen for seven minutes. Yeah. Um, But Aaron Aaron Taylor Johnson and uh, Elizabeth Olsen, Olsen, excuse me, as we mentioned a little while ago in the show, she was in that one. Didn't really see the ones after that. And it's just because it's not like a huge pool for me. Yeah. See, I like the, like, you know what's funny? Our buddy really likes Pacific Rim, but I'm not that big of a Pacific Rim fan. It's kind of, in a way, it's kind of weirdly shot. And sure. It, no, it's, it's shot really great, but it's just like, I don't know, for some reason, I think because I saw it on Netflix the first time and I couldn't really, you know, it, it I think the first title sequence comes in at like 15 minutes after the movie starts. Like it says Pacific Rim after like 15 minutes of dialogue or something like right. that. So it's, but it's just yeah, kind of weird, kind of weirdly paced in a way. But um, but yeah, these big kaiju movies are really cool. I, I like yeah, I, I loved the 2014 Godzilla with Brian Cranston, um, Gareth Edwards direct. So like just visually, it it really shows like how big. Godzilla can be and yeah. just like the scale and scope of it was really cool. King of Monsters was um or King of the Monsters. The one critique that I had that the first Godzilla had was that there weren't enough monsters fighting in a Godzilla movie. Um and they're like, here's all the monsters. And they did give Almost. us more fight scenes, but there was have like there was unnecessarily too much like people involved. Like there you know, like just uh the Stranger Things girl and her family and everything like that. Millie really Bobby Brown. Yeah, like they, like their family drama was always like like okay, can we get past this and get past and get to the point where like the, the monsters are gonna tear through the earth or whatever. Um, Kong was fun, you know. I mean, yeah, definitely. I think King Kong, the one made by Peter Jackson, a little too long, but still, it was a really good, quite long, yeah, yeah, good iteration of King Kong. Full but, three hours, isn't it? And then I think so. so. I think it's like two forty something. I, oh, I thought it crossed there. the three hour mark. Oh, maybe like the director's in movie. Like yeah, I just remember um, being quite long, especially when it came out. I was like, "Why am I watching this?" I'm well, when it old. comes out like on TNT and TBS, I mean, that's that's half your day watching that thing, you know? Yeah, because so like, it's on for five hours. Yeah, <laughs> with commercial breaks. <laughs> um, but yeah, with um, with uh skull island skull island yeah that was that was cool that was fun i like i, I like the characters more than actual kong because kong was just yeah. kind of like the entity that was there he was quite like a few a people god, in that yeah. movie too you had hiddleston you had brie larson you had samuel l jackson john c Riley. just to name a few mm-hmm. yeah john c Riley. forgot he shows up yeah 
Um, couple and of then, actors you recognize. Yeah. Like that grenade guy that gets absolutely whomped. Sunned. Yeah. Absol- absolutely sunned. Um, and then what was I? Godzilla vs. Kong, I was I was really excited for. It's not it's it's really like it's it's Fast and the Furious level <laughs> dumb sometimes. I'm just like, okay, now there's before there was we have to disarm the nuclear warhead that's traveling on a train because the EMP is gonna take it out or like the EMP MUTO is gonna take out any kind of nuclear bomb that we shoot at this to disable it so we got to get aaron taylor johnson to deactivate it the mechanical timer on it and get it off on a bow and sail away now happily ever after well that's like the the technical aspect of it right now it's we have to get to the middle of the earth in our spaceships so that the nuclear lizard can fight the overgrown monkey with a nuclear axe like it got to that point and where a it really mean right hook oh and don't forget <laughs> about the huge mechanized versions of the nuclear lizard so yeah. they're gonna fight with lasers mecha godzilla um it's it's saturday morning cartoon like nonsense but they made like, it for teenage boys uh, honestly yeah <laughs> and it, it got to the point where i was like the human stuff and like the hollow earth because that, that's like because the it's the monster verse so like the connective threat like the shield of that universe is monarch and they're the ones that document all of the monsters or whatever and um or just keep tabs on them or whatever but yeah like the fighting was cool obviously like the fighting between kong and godzilla was really cool and mecha godzilla at the end um spoiler alert (laughs) but um i'm surprised they didn't save mecha godzilla for like its own Godzilla movie. I'm surprised they brought in Mecha Godzilla because Mecha Godzilla is always like a big, big thing in the in the Kong or the Godzilla universe. The one thing though is that Mecha Godzilla in the original um, movies, I want to say, there he was built by aliens from space that look like humans, so, which was just an easy wraparound way. To I mean, be it was like, the 70s, man. These are aliens, but they yeah. look like us. But we hired human actors yeah. and not so, actually alien actors. There, it, it was like the original Godzilla was kind of a callback to early, like, you know, like early, like late 60s, early 70s Godzilla. And now the subsequent sequels are all just mid 70s, 80s, just ridiculousness. And so right. I'm just waiting for Matthew Broderick to come into this, come into the ring and just start, you know. Given his cheesy lines, yeah, we need him back. Get a, get a Godzilla verse. Yeah, I need another um, song by Raising It's the Machine on the soundtrack. I love how like all the bad movies just remember all the soundtracks too. I mean, that's what their job is. Yeah, that was their job then, especially because the bad movies that happened like in the '90s and stuff, like the soundtracks were full on like right. artists and right. stuff. Yeah. Why do I think Suicide Squad is just this absolute banger? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that movie was horrible. <laughs> You're not wrong, my friend. You're not wrong. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps up all the topics, except for one. Except for one. Fake out. Um, we're talking, in the last couple of weeks, we've talked about how Netflix has been kind of, you know, they've, well, first. Really just dropping the ball. Well, they, no, well, not dropping the ball. I think it's a contractual thing because mm-hmm. Netflix had all of the Defenders verse on their, sh- on their platform. So they right. had Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Punisher, and then the Defenders um, team up crossover, whatever. Um, and I those were probably. Say like, Iron Fist as well. I tried not to. Yeah, but I, yeah, Iron I Fist. wish I didn't remember either. 
Um, and they, I mean, they belong to Marvel. It was, it was weird the way it was formatted because the Marvel showrunner was not in, I forget what his name, but was not on the same page as Kevin Feige when it came to like the expanded universe. So the Marvel shows, I mean, the, the Marvel showrunner was responsible for like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, you know, the net, the Netflix stuff with all of their characters in humans. Ugh. And, um, I think one cloak, like, cloak and dagger and, cloak and dagger. And all that. <laughs> so they, he was responsible for all that stuff. And they were like hits or like cloak and dagger was like a really like, like not soap opera, but it was like, um, you know, like Chicago fire and like Chicago PD and Chicago, like ER and ER. like, you know, yeah. And like Miami, Vice, like those types of shows were like the drama is so like, over the top and yeah. it's just like you know they really jumped the sharks like a cw that's like, show that's what the cloak and dagger show was like um same thing with like agents of shield it was just really like campy a lot it was kind of right. like it was connected because it had agent colson and all that stuff from the from the movies um and then um the netflix series comes along and daredevil comes along and that was like the first time where we could see like oh this is you know the the mcu can get very very gritty and yeah, dark Daredevil was and great. the first three you know what's funny i have yet to finish daredevil yeah i mean season three is not the best season two that, is yeah. crazy good oh yeah season one's great too. i've yet to even start the punisher too so it's like uh so I, I didn't watch season two of the punisher but season one was pretty good yeah i did like season one a um, but the reason why i bring this up is because coming from ign daredevil reboot Reportedly set to begin production as Disney Plus MCU series, but we don't know when production would start on the national project. On on to the notional project, excuse me. Um, says here, Daredevil reboot is reportedly set to enter production and will apparently be a Disney Plus MCU series. The latest issue of Production Weekly, which provides listings of pre-productions or in-production projects for film professionals, includes a section for a show simply f- referred to as Daredevil Reboot. The show is listed as a Disney Plus series currently in development with the head of Marvel Studios Kevin Feige and Chris Gary, Marvel's Behind the Mask, mentioned as producers. Uh, no timing is given for when the show would begin production, however, nor which actors would be involved. The listing also includes a synopsis for the show, but this appears to be based on the descriptions of the original Daredevil Netflix TV series. Um it already says, we already knew that Charlie Cox would be returning to play Matt Murdock, Daredevil in the MCU, but it uh, it hasn't been clear in what kind of project the character would appear. Um, we obviously have seen Daredevil or Matt Murdock at least in Spider-Man: No Way Home, um, with Multiverse of Madness and everything that's kind of happening with that stuff and how timelines are going to be merging with Loki and all that stuff. You know, there's going to be a lot of messing around with alternative characters. You know, the X-Men might be coming in soon. So mm-hmm. and we saw Kingpin in Hawkeye. We did see Kingpin, yeah. So. so we know that they're in the MCU now. Apparently. A lot. And, I, you know, they talked about the Battle of New York. New York, excuse me. Right. They talked about that in his show. I think Jessica Jones and Luke Cage also. So that's why I brought that up originally about the two show, the, the showrunner of the Netflix or the Marvel shows and Kevin Feige not being on the same page because it led to a loose connection between the two shows and the movies. Like you can say like, yeah, you, I think he said something about, uh, I think Karen page was asking him about how he can get such a great apartment on such a low rent amount or whatever in New York, I think in hell's kitchen. And he's like, well, I mean, 
then he shows like there's a big light up red sign that beams big neon right, yeah. yeah yeah and then he was saying well a lot of the times when you know a battle happens over your rooftop people aren't willing to, willing to pay that much or something like that when aliens fall from the sky so imply and then one um the 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 magazine um editor that karen page works for has a mm. has a um newspaper clipping of like like a battle in Harlem or something like that. So indi- you know, indicating the um, the battle 2009 um Incredible Hulk. Oh right. With oh, him right. and with him in an abomination. So mm-hmm. um so yeah, it's it's uh it's loosely base- based. It's never been like, oh yeah, did you hear that Iron Man Tony Stark is, you know, going to be flying and you know dead. Like, yeah. Like they never like absolutely like said that I yeah, mean, it it's could a lot it of could, alluding to. Yeah, like it could be on its own if it needed to be. But um, I've I've been hearing well I've been looking at some comments when you know I saw, um, you know reports on this and a lot of people were like well, I really hope they don't Disneyfy this the show I, I they everybody what made Daredevil so appealing was that it was just a dude in a dark hallway beating people to a bloody pulp and just like all the stuff. Yeah, the hallway and the stairwell scenes are like some of the best yeah. Marvel stuff there is. Yeah, and a lot of people are hoping that they don't bring it, kind of the same thing with De- uh, or not De- uh, Deadpool. They don't bring it down, you know, they don't, you know, bring down the you know, the action and the gore and the violence. They mm-hmm. really want it to kind of like remain that original recipe that they had before. Yeah, I mean, with Moon Knight coming out, I think we'll really get an idea. I think me, Moon Knight like will. What, where that'll probably yeah. sit. But do you think it, they will reboot it, like start from scratch, or do you think they'll... I think it'll be like a soft reboot, not like a start from scratch. Because Charlie Cox yeah, is coming sure. back. I mean, I don't think that the, he would want to just erase what he's done. I mean, he's never had a say in it. I mean, most people want him to be the character. He wants to be the character. I think that, that from what we've seen, Marvel is collaborative enough not to just take that from him. Right. You know, um, I like to think that they would have, allow him to have input in right. that, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's the way I see it is like Daredevil was a obviously it was a subsidiary of the MCU. So obviously right. like they could get away with more stuff and it was on Netflix too. But I feel like if they move it to Disney well they did move it to uh, Disney Plus, which a lot of people are kind of up in arms about it too because they're like my like kids Punisher. can watch this and it's like, well, yeah. then you Put know, your set parental parental, yeah. Um have better kids, but I think Let them. that that pushback is going to be what is going to affect the quality of the show. It might not be bad, but I just don't like. Yeah, if Moon Knight is fantastic, which I hope it is, then with then maybe the tone can, with the tone, intended. yeah, and the intensity. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, I could see. I mean, then that would make sense. I'd be more, you know, um, I'd be happy with that. But if it's just like you know. Hawkeye or um, like not even WandaVision, but like Hawkeye Falcon or like Winter Winter, Falcon and Winter Soldier level yeah. of like, I mean, where there were some dark parts, but nothing compared to, you know, anything smashing in the, the guy's head in the car door, mm-hmm. you know, to nothing. Oh, you know, there, there's there's nothing that's compared. I had more I, brutal than that since the. Well, I know that Punisher is just out of out of its mind so yeah there's this scene where the punisher um the, he has there's like a broken mirror or something 
and he takes the guy's face and he just rubs it against it. Oh, to where, that's like, how they get Jigsaw or whatever. Mm-hmm, yeah, with that that character, I like a lot. He like um, the, you know, the facing of the glass is still there, right? So it's not just like shards of glass, but he like he like runs his face, yeah, across like what is breaking. You know, it's it's, right, it's got right. cracks all over it. He's messes him up. I remember seeing that. I was like, I remember watching that going like, oh, yeah, you know, like, yikes, yeah. <laughs> that must hurt. Um, ben something. I forget the dude's yeah. name. Prince Caspian. I was about to say Prince from Caspian. <laughs> <laughs> <Lion> <laughs> the Witch and the Wardrobe. Yeah, Chronicles of Narnia. Um, yeah, that, that's my only fear is that they will water it down just a little bit. Yeah, I'm hoping they don't. Obviously, you know, I do really like the Daredevil show a lot. And especially, like I said, season two, which with Fantastic. Punisher has yeah. some has some aggressive stuff for sure. Yeah. In the Punisher show, you know, I mean, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage mm. just be they took those messing scenes, around. They they took them out or they didn't take them out. Oh, one uh, one of those. Oh, because it was just there was there was talk about it. Yeah. yeah, I think maybe they removed them. One of the very passionate broke scenes. the bed. Because she's powerful and she he's indestructible, too, and he's indestructible. Okay, and yeah. I don't, I don't mean to sound crude, but there's the whole argument, right? That that Lois and Clark, Superman, could never have, oh yeah, have relations because <laughs> he would kill her. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. In the same context, Luke can't be killed. Can't be killed, and Jessica can take. <laughs> um, Continue. She can get attacked really well and fight people <laughs> in the street and not really get hurt, you know. And so, maybe their relation will 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 be more evened out. It's gonna you wake know? the neighbors. It's gonna they yeah. Wasn't they um, broke the bed? Oh no! You know what? It was it wasn't Jessica Jones. It was you where they broke their bed and there was a whole episode like devoted to finding. Where he's rebuilding it? Or, no, yeah, they have to find a new bed because she broke the. Other one. And it was a uh, like an IKEA bed. It was a metaphor for their relationship. Was it? Yeah, oh, okay. she couldn't find the right one, and it's because he wasn't the right one. Oh, because he killed her. Um, <laughs> spoiler for season one of Netflix. You, I know, isn't it season three now? Season four is about to start filming. Yeah, boy, you are correct. Um, but yeah, I'm do a quote from the show. No, hello you, hello you. <laughs> um, I love you, Pen Badgley. Is that his name, Pen Badgley? Yeah, that was always Gossip Girl fame right there. Okay, that's Dan Humphreys you're talking to. Uh, what was it? That's what Joe was Goldberg. It? What also was he in? He was in something else that I remember from. A lot of stuff. Easy A. Um, he was in Easy A. That's what I remember that from. That was it. Yeah. I was just starting to name off. Well, I, more I didn't watch ones. Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl. Girl. I didn't watch Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he Can't was on that say show. it right. What makes you think I'd watch it? Yeah, he was Dan Humphrey. He was a, he was a cool guy. He's Dan Anson. And he played Joe Goldberg. Slash, yeah. uh, I forget his name in the second slash season. Slash Stabby McGee. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm hoping that Daredevil hopefully goes in production soon and we yeah. get some announcements on it. Yeah. I know Charlie Cox, like you said, has been really you know excited about reprising the role. Right. I, that was the one, like one of the big more clap filled experiences in No Way Home. I remember when he he had an interview a few weeks ago saying that he and his wife snuck oh, into yeah. a viewing so he could experience that on right. opening weekend and no one. Made a made a noise. Well, when, for you, when he showed up. Well, when you go to the movie, like three or four weeks after it's been out, no one's gonna have like. The I thought same it was pretty audience. early on. I think it was like a couple of weeks. After, well, even after, like we when we went to the Batman premiere, when it first like started 
you know, when it showed the WB logo at the beginning of the movie, people started clapping. When Batman came out, people started clapping. When the Batmobile started up, people started clapping and all this stuff. It's true. The next time we went, people, I think, clapped like once. So it goes down. Like, and it not depends everybody. On, the, on your theater, too. Exactly, exactly. Like the opening night crowd is going to be the one that's going to be hooping and hollering. If but I like, remember correctly, I, I think he did get a little, little ruckus when I saw it. But I don't know if it was like an applause moment. Yeah. I don't know if it was like, an, oh, my God. Yeah. I think people are like, oh, Daredevil. Well, I think. Sick. I, I mean, because obviously, like, you see those videos of, like, when Captain America lifts Mjolnir or when Spider-Man. Yeah, the good old audience reaction. Yeah, bits. like, th- those are the ones that are going to have, like, these crazy. But that's 10 years of building it up, you know. Charlie Cox stepping in, not even as Daredevil, just as Matt Murdock. Right. Being a lawyer. I mean, that's fun. That's. I but, mean, I was pumped. I had a big old smile. Right. But like people who went to go see it, you know, two or three weeks later, probably are not prioritizing Marvel movies, let alone shows. So they probably don't even know who Charlie Cox is. You know, they, they pro- or the, the crowd has already seen it so many times that they're like, oh, okay, this is the part where Matt Murdock comes in. So Right. But so. I mean, I was, I was excited. I love Charlie Cox as Daredevil. I think he's great. I'm very excited about that yeah. uh, prospect of him coming back. Well, let us know what you guys think about Daredevil coming back. We'd love to hear your input on it. Are you excited about it? Are you excited about the Avatar 2 sequel? Are you excited about the Kong sequel? Are you excited about all the castings uh, for the various uh, movies and shows that are coming out soon? Are you excited about, um, you know, just life in general? Are you excited, are you excited about, about me and Esteban? Are you excited about us? Are you excited, excited about, about us? Um, are you excited about us? You know, we're excited about our the possibility of our show moving to weekends coming out soon. Um, mm-hmm. Might have to change it around. I just got hired on a new job, so time permitting might be a little uh, stringent um, on our week. So we'll have to move something around but we will be consistent we'll be coming out with more or we will be coming out with episodes Mm -hmm. um we're gonna be finishing finally finishing the uh star wars sequel trilogy we'll have our uh we watched solo we did decide to incorporate solo this last week because one of our friends had yet to watch so we wanted and another one of our friends couldn't make it to the last star wars viewing so we decided to incorporate solo into our watch kind of out of order but oh well um, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, so we'll talk about the Disney era of Star Wars on Soon. the next uh, review. Or and that's going to be the one that we really have a oh, lot to Oh, that's going to be the content. You that's going to be... The original trilogy one was pretty cut and dry. We just talked about it, why we loved it, what was our favorite. We really had to fight for some nitpicking. Well, the thing is with the original trilogy, I try not to harp on it too much because those is, that is when the real diehard Star Wars fans will come after you. Hmm. Right, but we, you know, like I said, though, we don't really have m- much bad to say. About the original? Yeah, or, we don't yeah. have a lot of bad things to say about those movies. So we, In fact, we really had to nitpick issues. Yeah. The so. sequel, though, we'll, we'll leave it for the sequel. Yeah, we had, a, we had a bit to say about the prequels, yeah. even though we... I forgot them so much. I got to watch them again. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, well, we will have plenty to say about the sequels, and you can take that to the bank. All right. Well, that just about does it for us. Uh, where can they find us, Alex? So you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on the website Anchor and as well as Spotify, all at the Partners in Crime podcast title name. Those are our spots. We're also, again, finishing up creating a new logo so that we can then recreate our Instagram, and you can follow us there. It will be titled, I'm sure, 
the Partners in Crime podcast. I do remember that we had a Twitter. I think there was the POC podcast or no PIC PIC. And I was like, sounds like you're saying like pieces, you know? Well, I used to work at, again, a grocery store where the, um, the lead manager's name or the people that I mean were were called, um, a person in charge. Nice. PIC. So we're like, call the PIC. So every time I saw that, I was like, we got to change that. Yeah. I I don't think we would do that again. I think we'll stick with the partners in crime. Uh, for the name of our Instagram. But that being said, we will be sure to let you know when we do that. Ideally, it's once we get a new logo. And once we do that, you guys will be the first to know. Well, until then, as always, I'm Esteban. And I'm Alex. And just like I said last week and the week before that, and every single time I get y'all in my ear, we'll catch you cats on the flip-flop later. Good night, girlfriend. (laughs) 